This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. A lot of talk about housing this morning after the housing minister, Ravi Kailan, gave a bit of a sneak peek about the government's agenda for this upcoming fall legislative session. For more on all of that, we're joined now by Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Hey, good morning, Simeon. Could I just offer a quick comment on the breaking news about the Nobel Prize? You can do whatever you like. So I go back three years on this one when Dr. Bonnie Henry first said we were going to get these vaccines uh, mRNA vaccines to deal with COVID, and she basically called it a medical miracle at the time. And we, at the time, there was a lot of talk about the two scientists responsible for it winning the Nobel Prize in medicine. So I go, what took them so long? Because here they are; they've finally done it. Catalin, uh, I think, is how you pronounce your name. Uh, right, Catalin. And Carico and Drew Weissman uh, for a medical invention that a lot of people thought couldn't be done and that may hold out possibilities of other vaccines as well. A great personal story behind her. Uh, she and her husband fled Hungary and the Iron Curtain with about $1,800 in their pocket, uh, came west with a daughter and taken a long time to recognize it, but it was a major scientific breakthrough. And I, and I, again, I just say that I remember vividly the day Dr. Bonnie Henry, BC's provincial health officer, talked about it. I expect she will have a very encouraging mm-hmm. comment at some point that the Nobel uh, Committee has finally recognized this incredible medical breakthrough. We kind of forget that, don't we? Like it gets lost in all the, I don't want the shot. You can't tell me to take the shot. But the fact is the technology was remarkable. Yeah, the technology itself uh, for this vaccine was remarkable. And yes, the approval was expedited. And there's been a lot of coverage as well, Simi, suggesting that this type of vaccine, this breakthrough that makes this kind of vaccine possible, will also allow us to develop vaccines for other things that so far we don't have vaccines for. So uh, this is a major, major recognition. The Nobel Committee, Simi, is known for taking its time. It doesn't just grant it overnight. So they finally recognized it. As I said, it it took them a couple of years longer than people thought they would, but there it is. That is very true. All right, we're going to talk about housing this morning too. Quite the uh, preview there that Ravi Kalon was giving. Yeah, so the housing minister is also the deputy, the house leader for uh, the New Democrats. And on Friday, he had a press conference at a housing project out in Saanich. And he took the occasion to lay out uh, the main items in the fall session as far as the government's concerned. The House resumes for a seven-week fall session starting tomorrow. And a pretty clear, Simi, that the theme for the fall session is going to be housing. In fact, I would say the quote of the press conference from the minister was, the time for talking is over on housing. We've got to get doing something. I, my guess is a lot of people, a lot of members of the public would agree. 
we'll see how far the New Democrats are going to be able to move on actually getting stuff done when the House sits. We've had an awful lot of news conferences on this issue, Simi. There's an awful lot of people out there saying they still can't find the kind of housing they need, whether it's rental or something for their family or really any place to live on any kind of long-term basis. That's so true. So would you say that housing will be the theme for this upcoming session? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll be looking at the legislation very closely on that. So the minister gave us some idea of what's coming, which is helpful. Uh, They are going to bring in legislation, making it much easier, uh, actually allowing um, uh, rental suites, um, uh, basement suites, if you want, uh, around the province. So that's going to be major. They, secondary seat, suites will be legalized everywhere. Some municipalities have been doing that anyway, but the province is going to make it blanket. They are going to bring in legislation, Simi, that allows local governments to expedite the approval of missing middle housing, multi-unit developments in residential neighborhoods. And one of the things they're going to tackle, uh, they tell us, is a problem you and I talked about a while ago, which is Victoria here adopted legislation to allow multi-unit development in single-family neighborhoods. And there were almost no applications because (laughs) the city planners put up so many obstacles that most developers looked at it and went, there's no way we can make this work. So Uh, The way that local governments do this is they establish unrealistic, meaning economically unrealistic, footprints for developments. So they're so small, you can't make the economics work. Uh, They have rules on setbacks and the footprint of the development on the lot and there'd be parking rules and everything. So when that happened here in Victoria, uh, the minister said at the time... Um, we're going to legislate about that. We're going to deal with that. Uh, Clearly, local government needs to push on it. And so we'll see legislation on that as well. So those two are going to be very important to actually getting stuff done and getting stuff built. Hmm. Okay. And they're talking about the legalization of secondary suites? Yes. So, well, now there's a certain irony here, and I'll point it out in a minute. The minister said we're going to bring in legislation to legalize secondary suites around problems. Okay, well, now a number of municipalities have done that already. But he also said we are going to legislate, bring in legislation to make it easier for local government to crack down on Airbnb, on vacation rentals. Well, you know, those two objectives, there is an aspect of that that are at odds because some people do indeed build secondary suites And in order to help pay for them, they rent them out, Airbnb, because you can make more money that way. And so the government is on the one hand saying, we want you to build more secondary suites. We want you to build them, develop them. But we're going to tell you what you can do in order to fill them. We want you to do rental. Um, It may have a counterproductive effect. I don't think that's the government's intention. But I got to wondering, there's an awful lot of people that are kind of clinging to the edge of the cliff on their mortgage payments They may very well say, well, you know, if we could just somehow or other build a secondary suite here, we could help pay for it. But the economics might be better to do Airbnb. Well, if you're thinking of doing that, the government's going to make it harder for you to go Airbnb and they're going to do it 
by essentially strengthening the power of municipalities to crack down on Airbnb rental. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning discussing what the provincial government's going to do about housing in the upcoming fall session. And they're talking once again about single-family neighbourhoods too, aren't they? Yeah, so um, it's the mainstay of uh, many cities in British Columbia and was, has been in Vancouver and Victoria both. Um, It's been called a war on single-family neighbourhoods. The government rejects that wording just as they reject the idea that they've produced a list of naughty municipalities, but they really are going at it, and they're going at it hard. The the single um, secondary suites is just part of it, but the other thing is multiple units on what are now zoned as single-family lots, and the government is not only pushing municipalities to do that, they are bringing in legislation to make it easier for municipalities to do that. So we don't see, we haven't seen all of the details yet, but I would expect um, what I just discussed, which is uh, limits on how many restrictions municipalities can put on these developments. Uh, You may also see a, 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 a rule that essentially says if the proposal meets the goal of putting multiple units on a single family lot, so duplexes, triplexes, multiplexes, if it if it meets a goal, municipality can waive public hearings on that, which is hmm. you know going to make it a lot easier, a lot easier to get the project through and harder for local residents uh, to fight it through public hearings. So I think we're going to see we're going to see a lot on that. And as I said, you know, the minister's comment that the time for talking is over, it came, Simi, when he was asked, what, how much consultation is the government going to do on all of this? Uh, you know, they named the 10 naughty municipalities. They came out and gave them all targets for development, a number of units over five years. So the minister gets asked about that, and he says the time for talking is over. The government's not backing off this stuff. He got asked specifically something that you mentioned last week, Simi, which is Obey has written a 10-page letter about why it can't do 644 units over five years, which is what the province has told them. Um, Minister got asked about that, too. He said he's seen the letter, and he hopes that Obey rethinks its intentions and gets with the program. Because again, the provincial government is not backing on, not backing off. And I think the word is getting out out there, Simi, with local governments, given the number that have joined in and said, okay, we're going to work with you. You know, we may need some help on infrastructure, but we're going to work with you. Local mayors and councils can read the opinion polls too. And I think they're starting to realize there's a good chance, based on the current polls, this government is going to be around to enforce these rules over the next five years. So government's saying we're not going to use the sledgehammer powers to overrule municipalities right away, and I'm sure they won't, especially not before the election. But municipalities really are increasingly getting the choice of, do you want to take the carrots the government's offering right now, or do you want to wait for the stick? That's sort of the situation we're in. And when the minister says the time for talking is over, I think he's speaking about a very seriously intentioned government that is determined to get a lot more housing developed and built 
in much shorter time than we're used to in the past. That sure sounds like it. Um, but also today, I want to ask you, Vaughn, about the story. We're going to have the mayor of Merritt coming up on the show this morning. Yes. And he wants to withhold taxes on the days that his ER is closed because he said they're not getting the services that they're paying for. What do you think about that? Well, I think he's making a political point, And it tells you just how bad the situation well, yeah. is in some municipalities in B.C. all over. And they, they tend to be rural municipalities. Although, you know, you made the very good point, Simi, in your comment that <clears throat> Merritt is a relatively small place, but it gets big problems because it's the destination hospital for accidents on the Coquihalla, of which there are too many. So I think he's telling you how serious it is. Municipalities have no legal ability and taxpayers have no legal ability to refuse to pay their taxes. Uh, it's a it's a political posture. It's an understandable protest, but it's sort of like that you lose your temper and you write your letter to your landlord saying, uh, I don't like the recent increase, I'm not paying it, and you get the eviction notice the next day. The province is not going to stand for it, and the municipality, in my view, does not have a legal leg to stand on. Angry, understandable, though their angry anger is. Right. So I guess what they're really hoping here is just to have yeah. the provincial government say, we get it. We understand how angry you are and we'll do something. Yeah. yeah and the only subject on which we've had more news conferences in the, in the last year than housing is health care. The government has rolled out plan after plan and settlement after settlement and program after program. And you're still getting the stories at the local level about um you know, the ER is closed, go somewhere else, uh, the staff is off sick, or we don't have enough staff. All those things we're used to hearing. I guess I could say that we're hearing that kind of thing on crime as well. The legislature session that's coming, the opposition will be asking a lot of questions about all of that, because David Eby, remember, you know, his great promise was results. He said, you know, That's we're true. going to deal with public safety. We're going to deal with affordable housing. We're going to deal with healthcare waiting lists. And as I said, Simi, we've had an enormous number of news conferences on that. But there's still lots of stories out there about the lack of progress that has been made. That is very true. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.